time was when she might have actually wondered if her stepmother, known to the household as herself, was malingering, but no longer. Not after years of false alarms and voices screaming in the middle of the night about attacks, which generally turned out to be indigestion. Though as Cherry Derry had once commented, one can only hope. Not herself this time, it's Miss Victoria's face, I gather. The bite? He nodded. Dragging the lip down, so her maid told us this morning. There's a swelling there as well. Sour as she felt, Kate felt a pulse of sympathy. Poor Victoria didn't have much going for her outside of her pretty face and prettier frocks. It would break her stepsister's heart if she were permanently disfigured. I have to talk to herself about the vicar's wife, she said, handing her police to Cherry Derry. Or rather, the former vicar's wife. After his death, I moved the family to the far cottage. Bad business, the butler said, especially in a vicar. Seems that a vicar shouldn't take his own life. He left her with four children, Kate said. Mind you, it's not easy for a man to get over the loss of a limb. Well, now his children have to get over the loss of him, she said unsympathetically. Not to mention that my stepmother sent an eviction notice to his widow yesterday. Cherry Derry frowned. Herself says you're to dine with them tonight. Kate stopped on her way up the stairs. She said what? You're to dine with them tonight, and Lord Dimsdale is coming. You must be joking. But the butler was shaking his head. She said that. What's more, she's decided that Miss Victoria's rats have to go, but for some reason she banished them to your chamber. Kate closed her eyes for a moment. A day that had started out badly was only getting worse. She disliked her stepsister's pack of little dogs, affectionately, or not so affectionately, known to all as the rats. She also disliked Algernon Bennett, Lord Dimsdale, her stepsister's betrothed. He smiled too easily, and she loathed even more the idea of sitting down to dinner en famille. She generally managed to forget that she had once been mistress of the household. After all, her mother had been bedridden for years before she died, and sickly most of Kate's life. Kate had grown up sitting opposite her father at the dining room table, going over the menus with Mrs. Swallow, the housekeeper. She had expected to debut, and marry, and raise children of her own in this very house. But that was before her father died, and she turned into a maid of all work, living in the garret and now she was to come to dinner, in a gown that was out of date, and endure the smirking pleasantries of Lord Dimsdale. Why? She ran up the stairs with a sickening foreboding in her stomach. Kate's stepmother was seated at her dressing table, examining her complexion. The afternoon light fell over her shoulder, lighting her hair. It had a glare to it, that hair, a fierce yellow tint as if the strands were made of minerals. She was wearing a morning dress with a pleated bodice of lilac net, caught under her breasts with a trailing ribbon. It was lovely, for a debutante. But Mariana could not abide the fact that she was no longer in her thirties. In fact, she had never really accepted the loss of her twenties. And so she dressed herself to create an approximation of Mariana at twenty. One thing you had to say for Kate's stepmother, she had a reckless bravery— a kind of fierce disregard for the conventions governing women's ageing.
But of course, if Mariana's costumes were the outward expression of her ambition, they were also the refuge of the failed. For no woman yet has appeared twenty in her forties, and a deliciously sensual gown cannot restore youth. I gather you finished your peregrinations amongst your friends and bothered to come home, Mariana said acidly. Kate took one look around her stepmother's boudoir and decided to remove a heap of clothes from what she was almost certain was a stool. The room was mounded with piles of light cottons and spangled silks. They were thrown in heaps over the chairs, or at least where one presumed chairs to be. The room resembled a pastel snowscape with soft mountains of fabric here and there. What are you doing? her stepmother demanded as Kate hoisted the gowns in her arms. Sitting down, Kate said, dropping the clothing on the floor. Her stepmother bounded.